Hello, welcome to another episode of Time Sports on the Beat with me, K. Rajan of the New Straits Times. Today in the studio, we have Oikin Fai from thegold.com and we are going to talk about the major thing that's happening now, the thing that should bring the world to a stop. It's the World Cup in Qatar. And starting off, um, last week, both me and Kin Fai went for the national team jersey launch and we had the national players talking about qualifying for the World Cup. It might be still premature to talk about it, but what do you think, uh, Kinfai? How much optimism, which is misguided, or you do you think they are on the right track to to qualify for the World Cup, to play in the World Cup in the future? First of all, thanks for having me on the show, Rajan. Um, yeah, it was uh, a surprising launch, I would say. Um, the kind of questions that were asked during this event, I think everyone is is like you said a bit on the excited side now that the World Cup is here again uh, despite all the problems that the host country is supposed to face. Yeah, of course, who doesn't want to be in the World Cup? Everyone wants to be in the World Cup. But first of all, we are on the right track. If we take into account what has happened since, actually even since uh, Tan Cheng Ho's appointment, up until now, give or take this more result in the last FF Cup, team is on the right track. But to say that we are closer to be in the World Cup, I think that is a bit of a far-fetched dream at the moment. Um, you can't be looking at the next World Cup as somewhere we can go because I think the gap from us to the top of the footballing world um, is still very far. We are not even there right now with the best in Asia yet. So it's going to be difficult for us to qualify. But the ambition has to be there. Else, what's the point? Talking about ambition and ability, it should be a balance. But every World Cup qualifier campaign, uh, qualifying process starts, there's this uh, blind optimism <laughs> And, and saying that, oh, we, we can reach it, we can, we can achieve it. Uh, yes, you're right, we should always have this uh, target, this ambition as high as possible. Uh, in terms of execution, one thing. In terms of having this unreasonable expectation, do you think that has always been a problem with us? Uh, does it weigh down the players? Does it weigh down the, the coaching setup, the team? I don't think it does, actually. But as I said, you need to have a target. You cannot say we go into this qualification just to participate. You have to have a target, whether that is actually reaching the World Cup itself or reaching a certain stage of the qualifiers. Now, how that translates to the players is another thing. How that translate to the coaches is another thing. In this industry, in this sport, I think there needs to be pressure, some kind of pressure to, to succeed, else everyone will be quite on a slack. It is both ways right and wrong to, to target reaching the World Cup. Let's say we target eight years down the road. That means we are to look at the batch of players that are currently between the age of 16 to 20 right now because then they will mature into their peak footballing age when it comes to qualifiers six years, seven years down the road. But at the moment, if, if we look at the results... Uh, with our underage groups, I think they are decent performances. We have qualified for the Asian Cup underage, which is good. So there is a chance. You can't say there's a chance, but the problem with our players has always been that progression between youth to senior level, where the the rise or the progression is not the same as what is seen in, in Japan or Korea. Or what, even though at that 16, 17 years age group level, you can say that both teams are not that far apart. Okay. Um... Again, we qualified to the Asian Cup next year. So uh, the optimism after for longest time you have not qualified. This is the first time you're qualifying on merit after hosting it back. Uh, there was there was a, a, a whole generation of footballers who are now have retired. Yep. So this is a new start. Do you think that uh, go in hand with this uh, another optimism of, okay, we are there, but we need to uh, tell the fans, tell the, the stakeholders, hey, Okay, we are here, but 
we are still far away it's still a, a not that close to world cup and uh, do you think the reality of the format of uh, asia cup is at more teams now that would be a factor in us for qualifying it is a factor um it is easier to qualify but as a, at the same time is a reason to celebrate we have to take what we have because as a sport there isn't much to celebrate internationally so we take what we can in qualifying for the 2023 asian cup it's something to celebrate and it's a step in the right direction but that is a step that has to be maintained and improved in the sense that we don't talk about just qualifying for one tournament we have to keep being there that's where the the actual progression can be seen and then you can once you have a foothold at a certain level because right now we are just maybe clinging on with our fingernails on on this level and once we we actually stand up on that level and have a foothold on it then you can think about climbing the next step okay reaching the taking one step at a time one level at a time uh talking about celebrating uh and and cherishing what we have achieved uh, we have the Southeast Asia World Cup the AFF Cup coming in Mm-hmm. Um, again, it's a competition that there's prestige to it, bragging rights, pride, nationalism. But overall, do you see that as a as a competition that should be given that much importance, or we have to look at bigger picture? Or what is the direction for national team when it comes to AFF Cup? I think it is a competition that we still need to be putting a lot of priority on because purely on the fact that. The national team needs more matches. It's not enough to say we play uh, World Cup qualifiers because that happens every four years. Um, you need competition like this on top of what the World Cup qualifiers offers because now it's a joint qualification with the Asian Cup. There's no, it's not a separate qualification process. So in the end, you need competitive matches to for the coach to plan out which players suits his uh, tactics, uh, which up and coming players can be integrated into the team. So we cannot at our level we cannot say oh we don't shouldn't care about the AFF Cup because uh, that is only regional yes that is regional but it, again it comes hand in hand with uh, what I said earlier that we need to be consistent at the level and the stage that we are right now we should not be looking at anything other than a final so it should be a final appearance every single time hopefully uh, sometimes we can be champions as well interesting because um, we had only won it once and we have been uh, finalists quite a few yeah. times we at least we have won it compared to indonesia we have never won it <laughs> even once no, that's a dick uh, <laughs> that is very sad and and when we see smaller nation like singapore could have won it more than us uh, and then vietnam now starting to be taking the competition seriously and performing and using this tournament as a platform to expose their talent to get more international matches and when we, we can see the likes of thailand uh, aff has always been a experiment ground for them to test out things and it seems you have been there we I have been there we have seen the matches how different the approach taken by different countries when the competition starts do you think the fans uh, the football fraternity need to see that uh, there's a bigger picture in AFF yes we would want to win it nobody want to lose a match but giving uh, more thought on being a football fan here do you think it's we are still stuck that area that we just emotional about it we do have a sense of belonging with the team everyone have that unreasonable again and again unreasonable expectation uh, understanding the direction of the team if we see foreign teams uh, for example germany everyone knows the team is in rebuilding process so the fans are on the same pitch with the the national team but when it comes to here uh, not a lot of people understand they want success do you think 
Yes, when when we were the uh, uh, giants of the football in in the Asia itself, people are used to that. A, twenty years ago we can beat Japan, we can beat South Korea. So there's this transition that we need to accept that we are nobody now. We are starting from the bottom. The reality. Um, we are not actually at the bottom, Rajan. I think we are we are somewhere in the middle to the top. One four eight, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> Yeah, but we have shown re- recently that that the team has capability to play against teams who are much higher in the rankings. We are not talking about teams who are in the top 50 or top 80 in the world. But if you are hoping to move, continue to move up the ladder of the FIFA rankings up to closer to 100, I think there's not a big difference between what this current Malaysia team is has and compared to to the teams between 100 to say 130. So coming back to the AFF Cup, I think. We say we want to see the team compete against higher level opponents because it's no use com- only playing against the Laos, the Timor Leste, and the, you know, no disrespect to those teams. But we have to understand also as well, Vietnam is there. Vietnam has has now qualified for two successive Asian Cups. They were in the final rounds of the Asian qualifiers for the World Cup, and a much higher ranking. So to be able to play against teams like Vietnam, also it will give an indication of where. Uh, Malaysia stand whether there has been improvement since uh, Kim Bangun came into the side. Okay, a uh, little bit more on AFF. This would be the last the Korean coach in Vietnam, and then we have our Korean coach. Uh, there's that sentiment aside, and and on his last contract, last few months in his contract, mm. he said to leave. Mm. Uh, obviously, the guys revert there. We have a score to settle against them, <laughs> so we absolutely do. I think. Uh, Tan Cheng Ho, since Tan Cheng Ho, we have never since he took Park Hang Seo took over Vietnam, we have not beaten them. So that would be something for for Kim Bangun to achieve. Uh, it's a bit sad that this he only has one nibble at it, unless both team reach the final. Uh, but you know, it's not to say we were okay in in those games between Malaysia and Vietnam in this competition. I can say honestly, maybe only one match that we were completely outplayed. Yeah, the the others were very very close, very very tight margins, of course. And in football, um, you have to take your chances. Beach Vietnam did, and credit to them, they did that. They won the cup and they have stayed unbeaten against us. But uh, that that's not to say that we are favourites this time. They are Vietnam is still the favourites, uh, especially the, given the fact that their star player Quang Hai is uh, now being given the permission to play. In this competition, so um, yeah, but we have to be optimistic. We have shown against uh, the Central Asian teams. Uh, we've shown against Thailand recently that if on their home ground that we can compete. Okay, talking about Central Asian teams, we have played uh, Turkmenistan, and then you have seen them in Thailand in the in a friendly match there, the Kings Cup. Hmm. Um, yes, we won the match here in Malaysia, and then that friendly we lost. Uh, maybe you could share uh, how much. How much? Uh, it's still a weakened team. We all know, uh, but I think they were at a better condition, better situation in the Kings Cup. You have watched the match. Could you share a bit about what happened there? How far or how closer we are, or is it the, the distance is back to that gap again? In the in the final? Yes. The the gap isn't that far actually. In that game, it was balanced. It's it's a fifty fifty game. Um, just that the opponent had better of the. Uh, conversion and Malaysia did not. So, uh, the chances were there in the in the opening periods where we could have scored and got into the lead, and that could have changed the game. Uh, uh, surprisingly, though, uh, even though they don't experience much rain in the in their own country, they did play better yeah, after yeah. the heavy rain uh, compared to us. But it's not uh, a defeat that is 
uh, embarrassing or disappointing. It is a friendly match and it gives Kim Pangon a chance to assess uh, some players in the team. Okay, interesting. Uh, moving on, Qatar World Cup. Yes. We have Asian teams. Uh, two teams have started rather poorly, but we have more Asian participation in the World Cup. Uh, it's a start. No matter it's a bad start, it's still a start. It's a stepping stone for the future. Uh, we have South Korea, Japan, mm. uh, Saudi Arabia, Iran and Qatar. Yep. So, How you foresee uh, being beneficial, being moving forward for Asian region in the World Cup? It's scary to see how much these supposedly top teams are, are suffering in the World Cup right now. And to bring that to Bao's perspective, it means even, even higher steps for us to climb. But I think it's a bit of a miscalculation to say that Qatar were the worst, are the worst team in the World Cup because they are not. Uh, it's stage fright. I think in the first half, they got completely overwhelmed by the occasion. and But they did play better in the second half contain Ecuador Iran on the other hand I think even though they lost heavily but I think if their keeper uh, Ali Berawan did not suffer a head injury I think they could have been better because he is uh, a key component of the squad it'll be interesting to see what Saudi Arabia do today because in the past World Cups we have seen them got hammered uh, especially against the big teams uh, but with the younger squad This time around, maybe they can do something, but I'm not putting my hopes up on them. Um, the two teams that obviously, I think you missed out on Australia there as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think Australia is also going through a period of uh, transformation in their team. So we would ultimately be looking at Japan and South Korea to do something for Asia in this World Cup. And there's a chance. Both of them did well in the last time the, the World Cup was held in this, in this continent. The fact that the similarity between Arab Saudi, Qatar and uh, Iran, Iran have most players playing in, in Europe, uh, playing outside the country. And people always assume that, oh, when they have their players playing in Europe, they could should be better, they could be uh, more uh, exposed to European footballing style, uh, more uh, cosmopolitan football there. Mm. But it ended up Iran didn't do really that well. Like you mentioned, it was maybe probably injury uh, to a key component in the team. But do you see that similarity between... Uh, playing most player based in in their own country domestic league is, is a something a factor that would be a reason for asian teams underperforming um yes you you talk about competition you talk about playing at a certain standard so for iranian players to be able to play in europe i think that raises their standard and maintains increases uh, their their capabilities up to a certain level obviously is when they play there they come back and join the national team it will improve the national team So on that level, I think we comparatively we can we can I would like to say Iran is a much better team than Qatar because almost exclusively Qatar players play in their native country. But again, there are many factors to why teams lose in a World Cup. The it's preparation, it's conditioning, where the players are in terms of form coming into the tournament and tactics and all that kind of things. But yeah, so far it's not has not been looking good for Asian teams. <laughs> Moving on, the three other Asian teams, Australia, sorry, uh, Japan and South Korea, they have most players mm. in, in Europe. Mm. Um, do you think uh, this would be a boost? Because Japan players have been doing phenomenally well in uh, the Scottish League. Australian players are, are quite uh, decent in the Premier League. And South Korea, uh, we all know that they are already on the on the Bundesliga Uh, in English Premier League, they have been uh, a regular a fan favorite there as well. So again, they are much more cosmopolitanly exposed. So 
Mm. Uh, do you think these three teams we can expect them to be better than the other domestic league based play, uh, teams? Yes, I think you have to look at these three as the the ones that up that will potentially give uh, Asia some bit of uh, confidence and boost uh, in in the competition ahead. Uh, not surprisingly, I have predicted uh, Japan and South Korea to reach the knockout stage, but let's see how that goes. I think Japan, we know how strong they are. They are tactically technically almost perfect they will be hard to beat people put them as as third favorites in in the group in their group but i think they have a chance to finish second even uh for south korea a lot would depend on whether song Heung-min can recover from his injury if he does then they are a threat for sure so uh, how about australia <laughs> the aussies yeah, no, as i say is australia is is a team going through a transformative period because uh their old guards are not not there anymore uh they've brought new players in and new batch of players so I, honestly I have no way to judge them at the moment I'm also interested to see how they perform but I think this will be a learning curve for them this World Cup so it might just be just the group stage okay, it'll be interesting to talk to Scott O'Donnell <laughs> <laughs> to see what he has to say our technical director from Australia and a little bit more on World Cup there's a lot of off-pitch things going on uh, a lot of uh, negative development we can say that Uh, but do you see that football is still first class? Still, it's still early stage before team hit, hitting form. The the we see Netherlands uh, had to play until the end of the match to score two goals, and Senegal looked very very decent, very very good actually. So do you see an upset this World Cup, or is going to be a regular European giants and and South American giants being the favourites to be in the final? You know, I'm interested by one comment I saw online by someone who was there. Uh, I think one of the the press um, who said that actually it was freezing cold inside the stadium. Wow. Uh, <laughs> so I think there is a, a marginalized factor for teams coming from Europe that this World Cup in the Middle East will impact them. But I think it's it, that would would not be a factor. Uh, you this World Cup is looking like a World Cup where the big teams will thrive. I don't see much upsets. Anywhere, actually, to be honest. So it's the regular expected World Cup. Uh, who would be your, be your pick to lift the the trophy this time? Well, sentimentally, I would want uh, Messi to go and lift it. It would cap the wonderful career for him. And the fact that Argentina are one of the stronger teams in the competition, uh, yeah, so they have a great chance to do it. Yeah, Cristiano Ronaldo is there as well <laughs> with Portugal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, we we could have seen we this season would show that actually as these two great players approach their their age that they are right now, uh, one of them is having a better time than the other. So uh, it remains to be seen what kind of impact uh, Cristiano Ronaldo will have with Portugal. But again, like I said Portugal is a team that has a lot of great players. So it's not only on Ronaldo himself or even for Argentina, not on Messi himself. Uh, but the team itself is good enough. I think both teams are more than capable to reach at least until the last four of the competition. If we look at the previous World Cups, there's always this one star player in a team mm, that that mm. would get most of the spotlight. But if we see the teams like Germany, Argentina, they have a stacked squad. England, there's no one or two stars stacked squad. Argentina, Portugal, Belgium, Spain. Uh, it's no more relying on one or two or three players. To get the result now, it's a it's a team effort. Uh, do you think this is something new in the World Cup, or it's the end of the era of uh, individual superstars? I think it's more the latter. 
it's the end of individual superstars. People like Cristiano Ronaldo and Lionel Messi will be uh, something of the past uh, in the coming years, I think. Because they don't come around every batch. They don't come around every year, age group. So to, to see another generational talent like that, I think we, we will have to wait for another 10, 15 years to see the next one. Okay, a domination of singular entities in football is to end. But football has evolved as well, uh, tactically, strategies. Uh, a lot of teams uh, have e- evolved uh, and uh, adapted. Uh, what do you see in terms of a uh, tactical point of view, maybe something that really interest you after watching a few rounds of matches? It's only been a few games. Uh, so I, at the moment, I, there's nothing significant that, that has caught the eye. Um, if, if we look back and at the Euros last year, I think the way that Italy pressed under Roberto Mancini, that was something that was uh, really, really good to see. But that's not, again, we don't see that being translated to the, to the league season because maybe that's not sustainable to do it over such a long, longer period of the season. But we'll see. I think we could be, it would be interesting to see what Chiche will do with Brazil. Uh, I'm also interested to see uh, whether Deschamps will adjust his squad, uh, his tactics, because they won the World Cup last time. Everybody would have studied them. Yeah, and, and whenever there's an end of a star, the new star's going to emerge from World Cup. Last season, the last World Cup, we had Mbappe uh, stepping up, showing something... I just fizzled down. And for this World Cup, uh, we have seen uh, Kayosako, Rashford uh, starting to get back what they were not doing in the last Euro. Uh, they look sharper, they look hungrier. Who do you think the young next generation stars that would light up the football after this World Cup? Uh, when I say my name, the name that I, I, was, I have in my mind, you might say that I'm biased. <laughs> but it's, uh, I think it's going to be William Saliba. Okay. The, what he has done for Arsenal since coming back from his loan stint is incredible for someone of his age. You don't talk about 20, 21-year-olds being, being the bedrock of any defence, especially not in the top five leagues in the world. And I think it's up to the Deschamps to, to give him that, that start in the national team. He has started the last few friendly matches, I think, uh, prior to prior to this but not the ones leading up to this World Cup so if he's given a chance I think he's someone who I think we, we see has a character that is unfazed by anything he has the pace he has the physicality he has the technical qualities so yeah I this might be the making of him and uh, after that Arsenal might have a tough time keeping hold of him <laughs> Real Madrid will come and pick him away uh-huh. uh, but it is interesting you picked a defensive player usually the spot size is always on the attackers on the flankers on the midfield uh, There's nothing interesting, <laughs> interesting in those positions this time around. Okay, that's interesting. That's very interesting for me, at least. I, I would expect Kepape to to continue his progression. But he's uh, not exactly unknown, is it? Yeah, he's not, he, he won't be considered a breakout star. Uh, he's a star that's stagnated. He's someone need to rediscover his, his old performance yep, yep. form. Um, I would see Saka, Kayo Saka, as another guy who is uh, promising exploring his other part of his game, improving. And Rashford, for a guy who had showed so much potential and, and injuries and coming back, and he showed that, that spring in his step, he wants to do mm, more. Mm. I'm interested to see the Spain youngsters coming in, Ansofati and so on. Uh, they have relatively a young squad, yep. and, and they would be interesting as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. I think Gavi, Pedri, Ansofati, like you said, yeah, this... It's a very interesting and exciting crop of attacking talents that they have. And and we forgot about Musiala, Jamal Musiala in Germany. He's uh, exceptional talent. Getting 
out of the radar, maybe plays in the Bundesliga, but exceptional talent as well. Uh, moving on, there are some new teams in the World Cup as well. Canada, untested, uh, unknown quality, and they're going to host the next World Cup. Mm. So, uh, what do you see the teams like Canada, uh, these guys who, who like the US and the Mexico, who be hosting the next World Cup? What would be their their target in in this World Cup and moving on to the next? I think for teams for Mexico, maybe they should be targeting for quarterfinal place, maybe. Uh, but for Canada, having not been there for so long, uh, don't think they will reach the knockout stage. But they have to good, uh, give a good account of themselves and, and build on that for, for the coming tournament. US is a bit interesting. They they have a lot of uh, good attacking talents, which we've seen with some of the teams in, in the Premier League. But I think defensively, they are, they are a bit short of quality there. So, yeah, another one that I think will come unstuck in the group stage. Okay, um... U.S. the interesting part they have uh, librarian great African great George Weah's son playing for U.S. and he scored. Yep. And that brings this connection to Malaysia. They have uh, a naturalized player, and Malaysia we have few naturalized players. Uh, and do you see that conversation, that comparison happening in Malaysia again when it's critically panned in Malaysia? People don't just don't like the, the naturalized players here. Okay. First of all, I think. It's not true that people don't like. People are skeptical and also more hard on the natural players because they expect more. And it's fair because you give them a nationality and they would have for a particular reason that they bring up the standards or they they have superior quality compared to the local players. Else, what's the point? So they will always naturalized players in Malaysia team if they are called up if they are used will always be judged on a different scale compared to local players because they have to be you 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 just you don't just give away your your country's passport for something that is common or normal yeah your standard is always higher should be higher than the local that's why you were given that citizenship uh interesting interesting um what would be your ideal final in the world cup uh brazil argentina wow okay the repeat of the copa um yeah. And who do we need? <laughs> As I said, Messi. Messi. Messi, I hope Messi. Yeah, it's, it's just because, you know, both teams are... If they finish first in their respective groups, yeah, I think they are pathway to be all the way to the final. Okay, I think we have come to the end today. Uh, thank you for your time. Hope you can have your dream, but um, I wish Argentina will meet Germany in the end, in the final, and then we nick it again from them. Uh, because knowing Argentina, they would wilt under the pressure. <laughs> so let's see how it goes. See and, and thank you so much again for those guys. You guys can listen to the podcast on Audio Plus, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Thank you again. Thank you for your time. Happy listening. Bye.